everyone. This is episode 594 of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast for Monday, February 25th, 2019. I am your host, Mark Nez, and today I'll be talking about Apex Legends because I have nothing else to talk about in terms of what I've been playing. I did go out and see Alita Battle Angels, so I'll talk about that in a bit. And of course, the Oscars happened, which I didn't watch and had no intention of watching because I think when people look back at this year uh, regarding the Oscars, they will consider it to be one of the worst of all time in both nominations and winners. Not to say all the winners are undeserving, but I think there are some winners in particular who in no way, shape, or form deserve to win or even be nominated. And the one that sticks out for me is, of course, the winner for Best Editing, who is, I don't know their name, but the editor for Bohemian Rhapsody, which I talked about on a previous episode and how shitty and terrible the editing is in that movie, which in itself is just a bad movie. But the editing is especially bad and makes it a significantly worse movie because it's just quick cuts all over the place. If the award was for most editing, then they nailed it. They got it right on uh, right on the, the nail, whatever, hammer on the nail. I don't know how that saying goes. But if they were looking for a movie with the best editing, Bohemian Rhapsody is nowhere near that movie. Uh, so that is a shocker and a big disappointment and in some ways scary because as far as I know, I could be wrong because I don't pay that much attention to the Oscars and how the voting process works or anything. But I think the way these categories work is that editors will vote for the best editor and actors for actors, directors for directors, and so on. And if that is true, that means that the editors who are part of the Academy or whatever the hell they is it just called the Academy or do they call it something else? I don't know. Uh, the Academy is, was a band, maybe still is a band. I don't know if they're still together, but if the editors who are part of the Academy look at Bohemian Rhapsody and think not only is this great editing, but it is the best of the entire year. I don't, I don't know what to think about the future of editing in film. Uh, and maybe this is just something that will plague big studio films but if i have to watch a lot of movies that feature editing like that found in bohemian rhapsody i'm gonna lose my mind because it's just exhausting there's just so there's so many cuts i would not be surprised if when you actually counted every single cut if on average the movie was 30 cuts per minute because i just picked three random points in the movie, uh, if you listen to the, 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 not the last episode, but whatever episode it was where I talked about the movie, and I think I came out with 30 cuts in one minute, 41 in another, and then 31 in the last one. And those are just three random points. I didn't watch a minute of, of the movie and think, okay, that, that looked like there were a lot of cuts there. Let me rewind it a minute and count them up. I just started at a random minute. And saw where it took me. And it always took me to Shitsville. Uh, but whatever. It is what it is. I think Green Book winning Best Picture is ridiculous. I haven't seen it. But I think it's easy to tell what kind of movie that is. You know, this feel-good gobbledygook. 
a Hallmark Channel type of movie that, that just gets a big budget. It's funny also thinking that the director of Dumb and Dumber, half of the director of Dumb and Dumber, is now uh, a director of a Best Picture winner. Uh, that's kind of crazy. I guess Glenn Close not winning was probably the biggest shock of the night. Though the, the person who won apparently gave a nice speech. I haven't watched any of the stuff from the Oscars either, so I haven't heard any speech or anything at all. Apparently Spike Lee walked out after Green Book uh, won, which, good for him. Uh, I'm not Spike Lee's biggest fan or anything, uh, especially after he made Chirac, which was an absolute pile of garbage but he did make black Klansman, which of the nominated movies this year that i've seen that's probably my favorite though there are so many great movies from 2018 that just weren't nominated at all uh, which really sucks or they weren't nominated enough i think eighth grade got a nomination for original screenplay of course it didn't win because who gives a shit about eighth grade but eighth grade should have been nominated for best picture i mean of the movies I've seen, I would put all the movies I'm about to list <laughs> ahead of them. American Animals, love that movie. Uh, Thoroughbreds, very interesting. Pretty solid movie. Uh, no, not the greatest or anything. Leave No Trace, I recently watched, finally. And that movie is fantastic. It's, it's this father-son, uh, not father-son, father-daughter relationship where the, the father has come back from, you know, Tur's I, I I don't know if it's ever said exactly where he was stationed, but he's dealing with PTSD. They live in the woods. Then they get found and make an attempt to get more uh acclimated into society. That doesn't really go so well and it's a it's a sad honest sensitive look at PTSD as well as this relationship between a father and his daughter. And it was really, really well done. First Man, I really, really liked. Uh, Blind Spotting is fantastic. Paddington 2, of course that's not going to be nominated, but that movie is absolutely wonderful and delightful in every way. And it is still 100% Rotten Tomato. Not that that means anything, but it is. Uh... Uh, I'm trying to think of some other one. Like, of course, Upgrade is not a movie that would ever see a nomination. Um, but yeah, there are there are a lot of great movies in 2018 that just didn't get any love. Uh, I, I'm not sure if Death of Stalin was this year or last year, but if that's technically a 28, if that would be eligible for this year, then that's a movie I think is worth putting up there. Um, yeah, this is just shitty, a shitty year for the Oscars and who they decided to put up there to let everyone celebrate. I don't know. Uh, moving on to Alito Battle Angel. I'm going to save Apex Legends for the end this time, just because I've talked about so much. Alito Battle Angels was... Okay, it was fine. Uh, I enjoyed it more than the anime because the anime is just two OVAs, uh, which means it comes in at about 55 or so minutes when you 
remove the OPNED. And while the anime looks great, the art and animation is fantastic, it, it just doesn't have enough time to flesh out the story or anything like that. And the the movie is definitely more fleshed out because it's, I think, a little over two hours. And it's it's not bad. I enjoyed it more than Ready Player One. That's not saying much, but I at no point wanted to walk out of the theater. I don't think I have much desire to ever watch it again. It, it looks good. For the most part, Alita looks good. Uh, though the eyes are still a problem. And I, I'm not saying the eyes are a problem in, in terms of their exaggerated nature and how they're bigger than normal. But just using CGI eyes, they still at times don't look like they're looking in the direction they're supposed to. So she might be looking at someone and the person they're looking at is off screen. But you know where they are and, and where they're situated and where she should be looking and her gaze doesn't look to be actually in, in the right place. Um, so that that's something that I found distracting here and there. But it did look pretty good. I like her first armor uh, way more than the, the the battle armor. It just I think the design of it was very cool. Um, but it, it's fine. Yeah, it, it's. Not the worst thing I've ever seen by any stretch, but uh, yeah, it's just a fine whatever movie that if you if you have any interest in seeing it, you might as well see it in theaters on a big screen to see it and it's all, all pretty glory and all that because it's the kind of movie you want to see in that place in that setting. Um, but yeah, uh, I might check out the the manga at some point because I, I think there's there's interest interesting stuff in Alita Battle Angel but I don't know there's something I was something I was thinking about that I forgot about regarding Alita Battle Angel I think or maybe I wasn't am I thinking about something else I don't know I don't know it's an anime <laughs> that's true uh whatever Apex Legends, I'm really hooked on it, and I'm hooked on it to the point where I am actually considering putting a little bit of money into it, uh, specifically 20 bucks, so I get coins to buy this stupid outfit for Bloodhound so that I can then buy the alternate skin color or whatever of it that I think is an exclusive and will disappear after this point just because I, I love the game. It is free. I'd like to give them some money to show support, and I love Bloodhound, so it's like this perfect storm that is happening right now that is just really pushing me towards putting a little bit of money in it, because I want my Bloodhound to look cool. It's got the Imperial armor, I think it's called, and then there's this white version of it, which looks very cool, and I really like it. I've been Kill Leader a few more times, haven't won again gotten close so i'm still sitting at four wins but i i love the game so much and i i went back to blackout to see how that feels now after playing a lot of apex legends and i don't remember if i talked about this last week if i did i'm sorry for repeating myself but going back to blackout after apex legends is 
very hard. And I think what makes it so hard is that the time to kill in Apex Legends is perfect. It's, it's as close to perfect as it can get. Uh, at least of all the games of this kind that are out there. It just feels right on the money. In Blackout, the time to kill feels so much quicker. And if you go up against somebody with armor, you just feel screwed. Uh, I feel like I still have somewhat of a chance if I find somebody who's wearing armor in Apex Legends, if I get the drop on them. And it just... And also, I mean, armor is pretty prevalent. Uh, at least the, the level 1 armor that gives you 2 bars. And if you have a level 2 armor and you go up against somebody with level 4 armor or level 3 armor, um, it's not the biggest disadvantage. And the hero system, I really appreciate more. And having these abilities that are tied to the characters as opposed to just finding these little boxes in blackout that'll give you certain abilities for a period of time i really like that system it looks great i love the look of it. it when going back to blackout blackout just felt so muted and plain and boring uh, it felt lifeless in many ways um and i love the squad nature of it so i don't know if i went back to blackout and played squads if i would like that then but mechanically it feels better too as well I, the, the shooting i've come to really love and that's weird because i enjoyed it in titanfall 2 but i didn't think i loved it i guess but i now realize i do i love respawns shooting it, it feels really good and i think the reason why i was a little cold on the game at first which isn't the, the right uh, word to use i liked it but it didn't click with me a hundred percent and i think the reason for that is because when i played it at first with it feeling like titanfall in many ways the shooting and the sliding the fact that i couldn't wall run and double jump and, and that stuff made it so that i i was growing frustrated by the lack of mobility uh, in the game and when i finally realized or, or just put more time into it and accepted that it's or accepted slash realized that it's not titanfall you know it's the same universe i guess but it's not titanfall you're not playing as a pilot though maybe they'll add a pilot class that'd be kind of cool um it's still feels great <laughs> i don't know where i was going with that but I, I love the game so much it's it's so much fun i would i hope at some point they have some kind of cross play or cross progression or something uh put into place so that i can play with friends on other systems and we don't have to worry about having multiple systems because plenty of people i know play on ps4 or pc and i'd love to play with them but I'm sticking with Xbox. I could download on my PC, but then all that progression would be new, and I don't want to deal with that, even though it doesn't matter, uh, uh, really. You know, you're not unlocking any kind of special abilities or what have you, uh, just skins and all that. But I want to, you know, 
keep getting kills and wins on one account. And as far as PS4 goes, I don't want to play a shooter with the DualShock 4. That, that controller is absolute shit for shooters, and I don't want to use it. So my friends who have it on PS4, I'm too stubborn to download it so I can play with them using that shitty controller. Um, but I'm in love with the game, which is surprising the hell on me. It's just so... It, it's crazy that they've been wor- like. I'm wondering how long they've been working on it. If it's been in production for a long time or, or whatnot, or, or if it was something that while working on Titanfall 3, they saw the, the rise of the genre and said, why don't we try making our own take on this? But let's, you know, try some other things like having this hero system, the legend system and all that. And they just must have QA'd the shit out of it and came out with this fantastic system that just works so well on so many fronts. There are a few things that I'd like to see them add in future updates. I think it would be great if there was a way to see what your teammates' weapons are. Like if you put your cursor over them, it would show you their weapons and the ammo that they're in need of um, because that would just be really helpful uh, in terms of being able to know that you should ping this particular ammo or or, or what have you. Um and maybe if they're low on health and they don't have any health kits, it would give you some kind of disclaimer, like maybe just put next to their name a little plus sign that says they need health items because they're low on health and they have no way to heal themselves currently. So if they add a few more things like that that make it really easy to know what your teammates need without the use of uh, a headset, that would just make it even better because I... I like playing it without a headset and i like playing with people who don't use a headset i I would love to still play with people i know i has i've yet to play with friends at this point still Uh, i'm hoping my one friend will join me i made a good argument in the sense that i just said play the goddamn game with me you son of a biscuit because i want to play it and i want to play with you and it's free so just get over your disinterest in the genre so we can play together. But uh, I have run into some nasty people using a mic who at the end of a match after a squad was eliminated said something along the lines of, you mother effing N-word sons of female dogs. I don't know why I'm censoring all of this and not just the one thing that Clearly, I should have censored. Um, but uh, when I heard that, I'm like, yeah, this is this is why I'm hesitant to ever use a headset and talk to people. Because even if I was using a headset, he still would have been that way. I hate, still, I've said this before, but I hate uh, greedy players who just take everything and people who think they're in uh, teammates who think they're entitled to the best loot who just think they're the the bees knees the the best players and if you take a high level armor or something they'll get super pissed 
I took a Phoenix kit at one point, and nobody saw me take this. I found it, so I took it because I'm not a bad player, and it's not like I didn't have any other. I didn't have a lot of healing or shield items. And when they died, and we were in like a serious battle, and I got pretty damaged and used it. Of course, they were spectating. They said something, of course, you stupid idiot took the, the Phoenix kit, punk it, or whatever. Of course, I heal myself, and then I kill the rest of the people. Then I revive them. Who gives a shit? I, I was tempted not to revive them for being such a dickhead. Um, but you just have to deal with those kind of people. But for the most part, the you know, I'd, I'd say 85% of the time is really good. And then... 5% of the time, there are greedy dickheads. 5%, there are people who just go off on their own where it's just split up. And it's like, okay, now we're just a team of three random individuals that are just playing on our own. And then 3% people who, I don't know what, like the, the, the vocal negativity is very minor. And I've and I've played with people who both are talking with the headset. I'm not, and they're both nice and they're talking with each other. And I'll, you know, give them health when they need it or whatever. And while I can't reply to them, they'll uh, say thanks and appreciate me as well, which is nice. Um, and in those cases, I feel tempted to hope that we're not in a tricky situation and get my headset to put it on and talk with them. Cause I'm like, these people seem nice. Maybe I should put my headset on. Um, but yeah, I should, I should just get over it and put the headset on and then I can just unmute the mic if I want to, but I don't know. People online can suck. <laughs> they can also be great. You know, some of my best friends are people, I met through the internet, which is why I'll never say the internet is a 100% bad thing. Anywho, that I think is a good place to end this here episode of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast. Once again, I am your host, Mark Ginez. Y'all can find me on Twitter, Instagram. Shut the hell up, me. <laughs> I'm on Twitter and pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. The site is, of course, pixelatedsausage.com, where you can find this podcast, the Pixelated Paranormal Podcast, and Attack the Backlog, which are all available on podcast services across the globe, like Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. I'm sorry, I'm still kind of chuckling at me getting very hostile with myself and telling myself to shut the hell up. Jesus, me, what is your problem? Uh, you can also check out the art I make over at pxsart.com. If you see something you like, click the link. It'll take you to where you can purchase a print of the piece you fancy. And if you fancy the site in general and everything we do, please go over to patreon.com slash pxs. And because I forgot to say this earlier after I talked about me telling myself to shut the hell up and all that, you can also watch the video version of this here show or attack the backlog over at youtube.com slash pixelatedsausage as well as some anime reviews and other jazz. And that will do it for this here episode. So as always, thank you for watching or listening. I hope you enjoy this here episode, and I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day. P.S. I sold my copy of How to Train Your Dragon 2 on Blu-ray and DVD used. No digital copy. And 
with $5 shipping and someone bought it for $12.50 plus the, the $5 shipping. I can't believe someone paid that much for a used copy of that movie. It seems crazy. I don't know if they were confused or what, but I'm pretty sure you can find that for cheap even if you just go to Amazon and they're, they're a regular MSRP for Blu-ray, not UHD, just Blu-ray. There's nothing special about it. It doesn't come with a slipcover, so good on me for that. And then I sold Suicide Squad for a buck seventy-five. Well, what are you gonna do? More than I expected. Uh, anywho, that's it. Bye.